Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Bucks rookies reported to training camp on Monday. We're going to tell you who won't be practicing when the Bucks hit the field on Thursday and which rookies will have the biggest impact. And you won't see the face of the franchise on Raymond James Stadium this season. Will the Bucks include quarterback Jameis Winston in their marketing materials at all this year? The Rays, meanwhile, beat the Yankees and ace Luis Severino in a wild 7-6 game. Thanks to catcher Gary Sanchez loafing on two plays and the Rays' rookies being very heads up. And Tim Tebow broke his hand and is out for the season. Now, not just football, but for baseball as well. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Before we get started on the podcast, let me tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and you get a free 30-day trial. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this podcast, you also get a free audiobook. Now here's what you do. Go to audibletrial.com slash sportsday. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. So, Steve, on Monday, the Bucks rookies reported to training camp. That's right, training camp is here. The NFL season is upon us, and not a lot of drama, actually. It was, a, it was a day when not just the rookies have to be there. Usually the quarterbacks go as well, and also the injured players have to show up. And so that meant guys like Kendall Beckwith. Remember, the Bucks linebacker was a rookie a year ago, um, played a lot of positions for them with injuries to, to uh, Quan Alexander and Levante David early in the year. Beckwith had gotten into an automobile accident uh, over the summer, and he, you know, broke his ankle. Now, he is not going to be ready to go. In fact, I think he'll probably be uh, the only player that that may not be ready to go. So he's going to be placed on the non-football injury list, the active non-football injury list. And what that means is um, at any point before they get to the final cutdown of the 53 players, Beckwith can be activated when he's ready at at any time. And I think they tend to believe that, you know that that's more likely than not that at some point uh, before they're done with uh, training camp and preseason, Beckwith will be a go. Uh, now, if for some reason he's not ready, they'll put him on the reserve non-football injury list, which will essentially uh, make him, you know, sort of on like a, a physically unable to perform player for six weeks. He won't be able to come back for six weeks. Uh, but again, they don't expect that with Beckwith, but he's not ready to go. The good news is is that Demar Dotson if you remember, who missed five games last season, the last five games with a torn posterior cruciate ligament in his knee and also underwent meniscus surgery in the offseason, he is going to be a full go. So that's a big relief for the Bucs uh, to get their right tackle back. Um, you know, they've talked about Kalen Beninock maybe having to move over there if Dotson wasn't ready. Now Beninock can settle in there, you know, at right guard, and it looks like they'll have their full complement of offensive linemen. Uh, another thing that got some some notice was the fact that you know at Raymond James every year they you know they change their slogans they um, generally have you know sort of new um, what are they like eighty foot uh, banners or murals I guess you'd call them murals on the stadium that at each corner of the stadium 
well, so far, uh, they had placed up uh, Levante Davis, Mural, and Cameron Brait, the tight end. Those two were up, still awaiting two more. And the speculation was, hmm, wonder if Jameis Winston will be one of those. Well, the answer is, no, he will not. And this is the first time since his rookie season he will not be on the building. He's always been, or at least last year, he was in the, uh, I guess it would have been, let me think, the northwest corner of the end zone, I think it was. Um, but no Jameis Winston this year. And if you recall, just a couple of days ago, when the Bucks released like four sort of, uh, you know, promotional videos, Winston was not among those either. And, you know, what it means is, they're not going to use him in marketing materials at least until he's done serving his three-game suspension. Now, he's able to, you know, to go to training camp, obviously. He's able to play in the preseason games. But at some point after the last preseason game, he has to sort of leave campus, can't come back. Uh, and the next time we'll really see him in a game would presumably be September 30th at Chicago. So, um, you know, the word is that as long as, you know, the Bucks. Uh, don't have Jameis Winston active, and, and I don't mean for training camp preseason, but regular season, they're not going to utilize him in any of their marketing uh, strategies. And that's that's pretty much the only choice they had. I mean, Steve, I mean, I think, you know, for them to do anything else, and it's not a big surprise, but for them to do anything else, they would get more flack for that and be, people accusing them of being tone deaf or insensitive and all those things. But it is – I think it's the right thing to do, and I also think it's an acknowledgement. If you remember the Glazers, who really like Jameis Winston, think he's headed in the right direction, all those things, gave a full-throated uh, endorsement of him back in March. I think it at least is a recognition that, you know what, we can't make this about him. He has some steps he has to take, and we're not, we're not you know, things things have changed now. Well, I think it's done for a couple of reasons. I think, you know, one, it would be tone deaf at this point, but two, I don't think you fully know how the fans are going to react yet. And so Good until you, until you know that, I mean, I don't I don't think, you know, that first game back, game four, or, you know, even the first home game, I guess, which would be game six, so his third game against Cleveland. I don't know if you're going to see him in the marketing materials yet because until you know how the fans are going to react. Good um, point. You know, and two, and, and the other part of this is, look, you want Jameis focused on football. So take away any – not that the marketing of the team is a distraction to him, but – let him just focus on football and, and, and do nothing else, not posing for pictures, not, you know, just get him focusing on football and doing what he needs to do. It's going to be a weird season since he's going to be away from the team for three weeks. Training camp's going to be different based on how the snap counts are going. You know, it's probably a good thing just to let him focus on that and not, like I said, not that he worries about them getting that, but just take that away from it and just let him focus on doing what he needs to do to be a better football player. Yeah, and I and again, a lot of those materials are, are taken in the off season, and so they're not actively you know engaged in it now as they go to training camp. But I still think that you're right that um, you know the, the Glazers really don't know how this is going to play out. I mean, imagine if you know the Bucks, for lack of a better quarterback, or you know play play their butts off, and, and Fitzpatrick's not able to win, and they're zero and three, and then you know Jameis maybe can't beat Chicago when he comes home. There could be a visceral reaction to him. Um, people could blame the season or the start of the season on his, um, you know, bad decision making. You know, years ago, a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, maybe they they wouldn't be all that geeked up to see him in in videos. But I mean, what it means is is that, you know, his his off field marketing, his brand, is taking a hit. You know, what whatever it is he wants to do with his Dream Forever Foundation, all those things. 
Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of donors and supporters, but he's not going to be as visible as the face of the franchise as he has been in the past. Now, I will be clear about this. The Bucks did not say this is for the entire year. <laughs> I mean, you know, if he comes back and, and they play well and, and you know, things, things are starting to turn and he continues to maintain, you know, his clean lifestyle and his family and all that, you could very quickly see him not only on the side of a stadium, but, you know, um, on the side of a lot of buildings at one buck place. So mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think they reserve the right to use him later on once he's back with the team. But until he's with the team during the regular season, uh, at least their decision has been not to use him in any of the marketing campaigns, which I think they really, like I said, they really didn't have a choice here. They'd have gotten beat up if they did anything different. And uh, I think Jameis probably, probably expects that. So that begs the question, okay, who gets the next two murals? That's everybody wants to know, right? So well, it's gotta be, think- it's gotta be Gerald McCoy. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. Mike Evans, right? I think so. I mean, McCoy, the most decorated player that they have, a guy that's probably going to be on the Ring of Honor one day, six Pro Bowls, uh, and Evans, who you know, four straight you know seasons of a thousand yards or more in receiving. Only two other players, Randy Moss and AJ Green, have ever done that. So yeah, to me, um, if you're going to settle on two players, those would be those would be the two. I now, think you'll probably now. See if we see there. Ryan Fitzpatrick go up there, do we worry? <laughs> yeah, you worry about everybody. You worry about Ryan Fitzpatrick. What what would that do to him, for God's sakes? Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, look, Ryan, it kind of reminds me a little bit, not exactly like like this is a really bad sort of silly analogy, but remember when when uh, in Toy Story when uh, Andy starts changing, you know, Sheriff, or uh, what was the kid's name? I can't remember. It was, it was Andy, right? Andy. Yeah, when he starts, he starts changing the sheriff sheets to Buzz Lightyear. Mm-hmm. And that that gets you know it gets the sheriff just crazy, right? Just makes him nuts. I don't think that'll be Jameis's reaction, but you know, if the bed seat sheets start changing to Brian Fitzpatrick, we're all in trouble. Um, so we had we had the Bucks reporting, and uh, and that meant mostly rookies, and so that got me to thinking and others that uh, hey, I wonder which rookies will sort of have the big impact and or the biggest impact, and I. I kind of asked around, you know, kind of wanted to canvas the Bucks' belief and, you know, some people over there at One Buck Place, and their feeling wasn't much different than mine. Uh, I'm pretty consistent with this. I, I really think that uh, of the rookies that were drafted, I mean, clearly you think about Vita Vea right away. He was their first pick, and he's a guy that's going to, you know, from Washington, is just a huge, huge talent, 6'4", 347. He's going to sit in the middle of that defensive line. He's going to have a big impact. Um, but the guy I think is going to have the biggest one is a running back. It's going to be Ronald Jones from Southern Cal, and he was taken in the second round. Uh, and the reason is simply that he could be a guy that touches the ball, you know, 20 times a game. Mm-hmm. And when you consider where the running game has been, Steve, I mean, think about all the the bad football games. You know, last year, Doug Martin missed the first three games. He was doing a suspension of his own uh, for the PEDs. And when he did return um, – for the he failed to rush for 500 yards for the third time in four seasons, and his best game was his first game. They had a short week; they were playing the New England Patriots, uh, and he wound up rushing for 74 yards and a touchdown on 13 carries. It was a really good game for him. 19 to 14 loss, however, to New England, a bunch of missed field goals. But you know what? That was his first game back last year. Was his season high? Season high for him. That's not good. No, and, and that's why they. And that's, that's why they've moved Ronald on. Jones. Yeah, that's why they've moved yeah. on. That's why they've got Ronald Jones. I think Carlton Davis is another one. 
Um, Absolutely. And, and he may end up being the starting cornerback. Absolutely. If Hargraves moves kind of more permanently to the slot or the nickel cornerback. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think – I think, you know, I think Ronald Jones and Carlton uh, – they're going to be the, yeah they're going to be the two biggest rookies because Vita Vea is on a deep defensive line he's going to see a lot of playing time but you're probably not going to see him start this year or at least not at the what's beginning. The, well what's the rotation I mean you mm-hmm. still have you know Bo Allen you still have um, you know Gerald's obviously in there all mm-hmm. the time you, you know you wonder in their in their sub packages when they go pass rushing and move Curry inside I mean what are they going to yep. do there so oh, yeah he's, he's going to play a lot but he's not going to yeah. be. He's not going to be a starter, I, I don't think, early on. And I, I think, you know, he's going to be they're, – they're going to be rotating those defensive linemen in and out where, mm-hmm. you know, I think you're going to see Ronald Jones and Carlton Davis on the field more. A lot. Taking more yeah. snaps than Vita Vea does. Sure. I mean, Davis could play – well, if you figure that teams go three wide receivers 66% of the time, then that puts him outside at corner. Uh, him or MJ Stewart. It was interesting. You know, Davis – I think Davis has the edge – Simply because the body type, he's mm-hmm. long at six one. They don't have a guy that looks like him. When you think about the Julio Jones and some of the bigger receivers in the NFC South, um, you know he's a guy that can can match up just from a size standpoint. Also, really good cover corner. But he he flashed really early in the off season when they had the rookie mini camps, and then uh, and then you know later, um, you know just the off season OTAs and things like that. But the guy that came on was MJ Stewart from North Carolina. He's and he's one of those guys, Steve, that you will really start to understand what kind of football player he is when the pads come on. Because some guys just hit, you know, some guys just play fast in their pads, and some guys are on the all underwear team. Um, everything I've heard about Stewart is that when you when you put on the pads and it's football, um, you know, he's a guy that's had a lot of pass breakups. Uh, the most at North Carolina in history he had six interceptions, but he also uh, likes to hit. You know, he likes to tackle. He had 11 and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, uh, three forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries at North Carolina. So I think, you know, even though he's a smaller-ish player and there's probably some temptation down the line to maybe try him at safety, um, I, I think he's going to play a lot of football too. I mean, you have Ryan Smith. You mentioned Hargraves is kind of wobbly as a starter. And look, Brent Grimes is going to be, you know, is 35 years old. Uh, he struggled last year. He couldn't play 16 games. So you might see both those corners on the field quite a bit this year. The other guy, I think after that, I listed Alex Kappa, uh, the offensive lineman from Humboldt State. He's a, he's a giant guy. He's 6'6", 304, um, can play tackle, play tackle a lot in his last year at Humboldt. But also there's been talk of him being that swing guy that can go – guard or tackle if he has to play early in the season especially it means there's injuries it means that you know Dotson or somebody on the offensive line has gotten hurt but um, I think Cap is a guy to watch and then the others in any particular order I mean they got you know Jordan White heads the safety from Pittsburgh but he's got a battle Chris Conte and Keith Tandy to get on the field as a, as a starter um, and then you have Justin Watson who missed a ton of time as a rookie uh, in the mini camps and the offseason program, but they're loaded at wide out. Um, so he'll, he'll have to really compete to make the team. And then their final pick of the draft was Wisconsin linebacker Jack Cici, and he's a long shot uh, coming off an ACL tear, but uh, we'll, see, we'll see where he figures in. But, yeah, I mean, I, and, and, and the people I talked to said, well, either Vita or Carlton uh, or, like, like you said, or, or, or what I said, which is Ronald Jones. So – I think this, that all those guys we mentioned are going to play a lot of football, and I think they're all going to be really important to the Bucs this year. 
So what is it about the Yankees, Steve, that they can't beat the Rays at the Trop anymore? <laughs> Five in a row now, I believe it is. <laughs> that's the Rays over that's the Yankees. That's unbelievable. It's the house of the dam for those guys. I mean, you know, other than the Red Sox, they got what the best record in baseball. Um, they they beat up on everybody. But I I've not seen a run like this for the Rays over the Yankees in some time. And it's got to be if you're a Rays fan, and of course Yankee fan is out because the Yankees are having a good year. It's got, it was always you know interesting to see just how much fun the Rays fans had, and vice versa. But what the Rays fans would have when they beat the Yankees, so they win again. This was a wild game. This was back and forth, seven to six win. Uh, by the Rays on Monday. Well, the Rays and, were up seven it, to three. Yeah, they were. They almost blew it and yeah. should have. Yeah, they were. Up, they were up four to one, and then it was seven to three, going to the seventh inning. Right, uh, but the, they, they 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 beat it. Before we get to that, they beat up on Luis Severino, who's been maybe the best pitchers in the majors this year. Right? Didn't he start the All Star game? Yeah, he's got fourteen wins on the season, leading uh, leading the American League. I believe it's leading baseball, but I know it's leading the American League. Um, so yeah, yeah, they got I a mean, run. In the, was... They got a run in the first inning. Jake Bowers a really heads up uh, play, so he's on second base, and there's a pass ball, mm-hmm. and he's running a wild third. pitch, I guess, right? Uh, I believe it was declared a pass ball. They scored a pass ball. Yeah, okay, pass should ball. caught it. Okay, so it kind of went off of uh, Gary Sanchez's foot down the third base line. Foul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He kind of moseyed on over to go get the ball. Jake Bowers sees this as he's facing him running in, and he turns third and runs for home. And Jake, after the game, said, hey, I ran a little wide, hoping I could maybe get in the way of the throw, and it turns out the throw hit him as he went back. And Severino was pretty slow covering home plate, too. But it was all Gary Sanchez's loafing to go get the ball, assuming that Jake Bowers was only going to take third base and not try for home. And they scored the first run. Do you think Jake Bowers is – and people have talked about his his baseball acumen and just how he gets how you play the game and how, you know, sort of – smooth he is you know as a first baseman but also an underrated base runner you know that i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Play there is is a risk, but it's a really good risk if you do exactly what he said he was doing, which mm-hmm. was getting in front of the throw and then hit him in the back. And do you really I mean he must have processed all that. As he was sort of sliding headfirst into the plate. Well, it's a it's a risk, but the, you have to weigh everything with it. You're facing Luis Severino, one of the best pitchers in baseball. It's the first inning, so mm-hmm. you know if you if you get thrown out, it, it's it's not like you've killed a rally in the seventh inning trying to come back. Uh, you've already got two outs, you know, so you're not killing a rally. Per That's se. a good point you're, too. You're yeah. the only one on base, so it, it's a it's a it's a calculated risk of hey, this is the chance to take that risk. And and it worked out, but even had he got thrown out, you're not upset about it. I mean, you know, he no, forced it's a him hustle to, play. He, it's he bang, hustled bang. and forced him to make a play, and if if they made the play, great. Uh, you know, it's not what you're rooting for, but you know, hey, tip your cap, and that's fine. So, but it, it's a smart play in that, based on the time and situation and who you're facing, and and trying to get off to a good start. You know, I thought it was a really good play. Yeah, no, I thought it was heads up as hell, um, and I also think that that Sanchez was. 
you know, kind of walking after it like it was a foul ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't busting it at all. Uh, in fact, to the point where he realized that Bowers was coming home, he made sort of this off-balance, you know, mm-hmm. submarine throw to uh, Severino, yeah, which was – Who wasn't really covering the plate very wasn't well, Wasn't really too, so covering was part the plate. of that as well. Well, because Severino is not expecting, you know, a guy mm-hmm. go from from second to home on a, on a mm-hmm. ball that's halfway up the third baseline. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's like the guys I mean, who stretch a single into a double because the outfielder is just assuming you're going to stop it first and they lollygag it, you know, and throw a little bloop throw in the infield. So that's Sanchez, Sanchez loaf number one, okay? Uh, and there were more. In fact, the one that lost them the game <laughs> in particular. The Rays had trouble with their bullpen, to say the least. Like you said, they had a 7-3 lead. I mean, there were some home runs in that game, mm-hmm. and it looked like the Rays were going to kind of cruise to a victory, and then all of a sudden the rally came. And By the way, Jake, Jake Bauer's a nice home run. Yes, and he, he, he had a great he, day. He watched it a little bit, too. He, he admired that one. He, he hit that just, one pretty well. Oh, he did. He hit it pretty well. Three-run shot in the fifth inning to give them a 4-1 lead at the time. Yeah, I'd admire it, too. I mean, I thought it was a great home run. And then, so it looks like they're going to cruise, but then the Yankees do what the Yankees do, and they, they kind of chewed their way back in it. And you look up, and it's a 7-6 you know, to six game with, what, the bases loaded and two outs? Yeah, so let's, let's go back. It's bases loaded. There's one out in the, the ninth inning. Aaron mm-hmm. Hicks is at the plate, and he grounds it to Matt Duffy, who, who throws it home to get the out there. They can't get the double play at first. Now you've got the bases loaded, two outs, and Gary Sanchez is at the plate. He of having loafed before. So Sanchez hits a ground ball to Robertson, who looks to second base um, to get a force out there, but with the shift on, it, it just wasn't going to happen. Even though he, he flipped to uh, Willie Adamas, it was too late. And Adamas alertly heard the umpire, second base umpire hauler, safe, uh, but then looked up to see that he still had time to get Sanchez at first because Sanchez is out of the batter's boxes is running like softball guy. You know, I mean, he might as well have been carried to bat down there. It looked like, you know, Sunday afternoon. Well, I got to um, assume he thought that Robertson was going to throw to first and get him out because Robertson I, fields that ball. He throws it to first. It's game over. Yeah. And he's over by, you know, he's out by 70 feet. Right. But but when that didn't happen, the the point is. He loafed. He did not bust it down to first base. No. It busting it would have been probably the you know an exaggeration. What he did was practically walk down there. But he was he was really uh, not intent on running until he looked up and saw they didn't get the guy at second, and there was going to be a play made on him. And by that time, it was too late. Everything that Sanchez is getting, and he got some stuff on Twitter. <laughs> oh yes, he did. I mean, he deserves it, man. You know. Because, I mean, that's two plays that he, he cost his team, and, and you know, that's the mm-hmm. difference in, in beating the Rays. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, if you're – let me ask you this. If you're, if you're Aaron Boone, is he playing for you the next night? I wouldn't. But, you know, you at, the same, at the same time, you, know, you have two catchers and you are going to play your backup catcher some. So, sit him tomorrow night and let Sanchez play Wednesday for the day game. You're probably not going to play the next two days anyway if you're Sanchez. That's probably true, but so, nonetheless, I mean, I I would I would do that, uh, you know, because it wasn't just once; it was twice, right? And they both resulted in runs yeah. or the lack of a run. Right. But a heck of a play by Willie Adamas. Oh, to heads not, up! To not just sit there and complain to the umpire that you know, and granted, he was safe at second, but to not yeah, just sure. end the play, he you know looked and it looked like he was trying to turn a double play practically and threw it to Jake Bowers, and, and Jake Bowers even said, you know, I wasn't really ready for it, and all of a sudden I look up and he's throwing it to me. After the play safe, well, so that you know, I, I caught it there. It really that's heads the up thing. Up. 
I think even even the Yankees pause for a minute because when you see that play, you're thinking there must be only one out. You know, you're thinking they're going for two here. And when they don't get when they don't get the guy at second, even though they get Sanchez at first, for a fleeting moment, you forget, like I did, how many outs there were, mm-hmm. and you're thinking, well, the run scores. You know what I mean? Like that's that's a tie ball game. But then it's like, no. It was idiot. so that funny was, being at the trop. They call safe at second, and the Yankee fans start cheering because they think it's a tie game. They think it's a tie game, yeah. And then they throw to first, and they record the out, and the Yankee fans still think it's a tie game because they think the run crossed the plate first. <laughs> right, that's and what I And then you kind of hear a collective <gasps> when they realize the ball game's over. And they're right. going, and and you you and you even saw some people on Twitter going, wait a minute, isn't you know he beat them at Doesn't home? The run score because yeah. they threw to second first, but it's still a force out at first, and until that batter gets to first. It doesn't matter how many runs score before they cross the plate if that batter never got to first base. That's correct, because the base is occupied, and you know he's got to he's got to beat the he's got to get the first safely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I mean that was that's what for all the world I had. I mean, you know, you're watching the game on TV, but you're not, you know, yeah, bases loaded, uh, one out, two out. But I forgot that there were two outs because it literally looked like they were trying to execute double play because it wouldn't have made sense. To go to second, otherwise, unless you had a sure double right. play, unless you had a sure force out, which at no point did yeah. they, it was it an easy play. Well, and that's why um, Robertson should have went to first with the shift on. Absolutely, so they're both on the, th- the third base side of second base. So Adamas is running towards there, and you know yeah. Robertson tosses it to him, and, and and Aaron Hicks is a fast runner at first base coming into second. You know, you had no shot at getting him there, based on the shift and and who was running. That he should have went to first all along, but it works out because Sanchez basically walked down the line. Yeah, and he is going to be public enemy number one in New York. Um, they're not going to stay. They can't stand very much for losing five in a row to the Rays. That's got to be a, a slow burn for them anyway. Um, but, you know, so that's the way the game ended. Exciting game for the Rays. And, uh, of course, the, the two teams will be back at it again uh, tonight as well. I wanted to mention, uh, we mentioned Robertson, oh, yeah. of course. Oh, Yanni Torinos is back. Yanni Trias, why well, I completely forgot he was even going to be available this year. Yeah, he, I uh, thought he Adam, was done. Adam Cleric was sent down after pitching a couple innings on Sunday, and then he pitched, uh, uh, I think, a third of an inning uh, tonight. So he was sent down, and uh, Yanni Torino's coming up to start the game on Tuesday against Tanaka. Yeah, well, the bad news is, is that while Yanni Torino's is coming up, Blake Snell is going down. Um, Blake Snell, your all-star, your guy that uh, the franchise most wins and all that stuff right now, has a what they're calling arm fatigue. Is left, that what they're left calling? Left shoulder it? fatigue. Left shoulder fatigue. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we used to call that a sore arm. Yeah. No, <laughs> no structural damage per Snell and or for Snell per the MRI and exam by Doctor Eaton. Yeah, and that's what we used to say. Well, you got a sore arm. How's your arm? Oh, my arm's sore. My arm's really sore. I pitched last night. My arm's sore. Um, but but they're saying so. It's it's fatigue. Let's hope that doesn't lead to anything else. But I guess they're confident with uh, all the technology that they have these days that uh, he will bounce back from that. Um, but scary when your ace yeah. is having to go on the DL. Kevin Cash is saying that he should only miss one start. Yeah. And that's the great well, thing about a 10-day DL now compared to the 15-day DL that you used to have is for starters that go every five days, 10 days is essentially one start. Right, right. Um, I was saying just a minute ago, you know, we were talking about Robert uh, – you know Robertson, and the thing about it is, is a really cool thing happened, and not just the uh, walk-off grand slam on Sunday night, which was dramatic enough. Never something that has never happened in race race history. Um, this this story is just heartwarming to me and personal. 
somewhat. But 90 minutes, okay, so the game's over. He does the whole, you know, interview thing and gets, you know, showered and all that. And 90 minutes after he wins Sunday's game, um, he, you know, takes an elevator up to uh, John Hopkins, uh, at John Hopkins All Children's Hospital. Now, this is a guy who, you know, as John Romano described in his column, avoids uh, hospitals at all costs since his father's death. He's very close to his father uh, who died a couple of years ago. Um, and so he goes up there, and he's going up there to visit uh, a 15-year-old baseball player named Joey Johnson, named after his father. His father, longtime Tampa Tribune writer. Um, this kid's a baseball player who had a catastrophic neck injury back on July 8th. He's been in the hospital ever since. So here you have Robertson uh, going to Joey Johnson. As he explained it to him, uh, he had come to realize that you know, there's so much more to life than, than the next baseball game. And, um, you know, the story, you can read John Romano's column on TampaBay.com. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's, it's horrific in that there was an accident with two of his friends that had uh, climbed atop a bridge in the Pinellas Bayway and not far from Don Cesar. We've all gone over that bridge and say, you know, they wound up jumping in. And of course, unfortunately for Joey, he suffered the neck injury, but um, he's undergone a lot of surgery. It's been, uh, you know, it's been something that, uh, the community has, uh, you know, really responded to. And the Rays in particular have responded. Dave Holler over there has done a lot about, you know, found, you know, found out about it, had the player sign a Jersey, um, uh, and, you know, had asked Robertson if he could, uh, you know, could go and help deliver it. But, uh, you know, he wasn't able to go, but it kind of stuck with him. So after he hit the grand slam, he goes over there. Um, so it's, you know, it's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a really good story and hopefully it lifted Joey's spirits and, uh, he knows people are thinking about it, but I, that's really thoughtful of Robertson to do that. Absolutely. And you, you love hearing stories of, of the players that give back and, and do those mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, when they get involved in the community, whether it's, you know, Mike Evans doing his foundation and things or Daniel Robertson doing this and, you know, the teams do such a good job, you know, the lightning have a lot of players that give back and afford their own foundations as well. Um, it's, it's, it's heartwarming to see. And, and it, you know, it, it just, it's what makes sports so special. I think so. And, and this is kid was a baseball player and very much a fan of the Rays and, and Joey covers the Rays, you know, um, for so many years and, and still, still had. And so they need your help. I know there's a GoFundMe page. I mean, you know, there's lots of ways you can help with Joey Johnson, but I, I just think that that was a good gesture. Speaking of, uh, speaking of baseball, I don't know how the baseball world's going to continue, Steve. Um, I think you just call the season off for all. <laughs> just shut the sport down. <laughs> I mean, this is sad, sad news. Eh, some sad news of that of the New York Mets organization. Tim Tebow, former Gators quarterback, used to play for New England. Um, he broke his hand, and I don't know which one, so don't ask. But uh, he's out for the season, man. They were talking about bringing this guy up to the big club in September. Mm-hmm. This is going to be his time. This is he's going to. He's going to go to the show. He's going to the show. And now now he's not going. And speaking of the mess, I got more bad news is Noah Syndergaard has hand, foot, and mouth disease. <laughs> That's what my kid had the other day. Yeah, I, I know. Think. It's much worse than adults, they say. So, You know, I'll admit um, when I was a young father, uh, and now I'm just an old father but with young children, but when I was a young father, my firstborn, Wes, got that thing. And let me let me tell you, this is – it's a bad disease no matter who gets it. I mean, you end up with, like, 
almost like lesions, especially if it mm-hmm. gets the, the mouth part is the worst of it. You yes. know, the hand and feet, I mean, you're itching, you're got, you know, um, you know, welts on, I mean, you kind of, you know, sore and all that stuff. But, 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 but it gets to the point with the lesions in your mouth that you can't eat or drink, you know, mm-hmm. it's just really awful. Uh, and somehow, as a young father, it's like he got this thing, and and I probably was around him in the wrong way, uh, touched my face or my eyes or someplace, and I got it, and I got it as an adult. And I'm here to tell you, this is nothing. This is no joke. It, it is it is painful. Mm-hmm. Like you wonder, well, how can you go on on the DL with this? Well, very easily. <laughs> it's it's absolutely one of the worst things I think I've ever seen anybody have, and certainly one of the worst things I have had. This side of maybe shingles, you know, which I also had the, the good fortune of having. I've had everything. Wow. Um, but yeah, but uh, yes, yeah, so, and so so Syndergaard, huh? Yep. Ugh, that's it's been, a tough it's been a rough season for the Mets. Yeah, it not has. only that, but Jacob now, Jacob Degron is a one point seven one ERA, and he's five and five on the season. I know, I know. I think I read a stat that I could be wrong, but the Mets are thirteen and eighteen. In games in which their starter goes six innings or more and gives up two runs or less. Jeez, that's pathetic. <laughs> now, do you think uh, does Degrom have any chance of of doing what King Felix did a number of years ago and winning the Cy Young? Even with a, I think King Felix was thirteen and twelve that year, if I'm if I recall. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think he does. The um, team's just too bad, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, although he's he's pitching a whale of a season. Although if I he mean, gets trading goes out. to a better team, then well, yeah. I mean, I would think you'd get a ton of prospects for a guy right about now, but that's 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 a terrific uh, ERA and just a horrible record. So we've given you some Bucks news, we've given you some uh, some Rays news, given you some some Yankees loafing, we've mm-hmm. given you Tim Tebow news. I mean, that's a complete show right yeah. there. And Steve. still no updates on Eric Carlson to the Tampa Bay Lightning. So we've given you Lightning news, no update. Eric Carlson is still not a Tampa Bay Lightning as we speak. Um, so yeah, so we got, uh, coming up this week, of course, the Bucks, uh, veterans, the full squad reports on Wednesday. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. First practice is Thursday. Uh, like I said, we'll be out there listening to Jameis Winston and Dirk Cutter. And, um, I think that press conference is around 2 PM if I'm not mistaken. So I'm sure it'll be carried uh, live. We'll have sound of that this week as well. Um, so, you know, football is here. They're over there. They're working. The rookies are in. Everybody's uh, ready to go, it, it appears, health-wise, except, uh, as we mentioned, Kendall Beckwith. But uh, we'll be following the, the Bucks this week, and then the Rays continue their series uh, with the Yankees. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. I might go to that game tomorrow night. My son wants to go to that, or tonight. My son wants to go. If I can get away for that, I might just do that. Anyway, we appreciate you guys listening. We love your feedback. As always, uh, we'll probably have uh, maybe some time to answer some questions this week, part of a mailbag or something like that. So you can certainly submit those questions about anything that you want to talk about, Bucks, Rays, Lightning, um, you know, college football is around the corner as well. So you can do that by reaching us on Twitter, at SportsDayTV, on Twitter, on, at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We love for you always to rate and review this podcast. Right, Steve? Yeah, and you can do that anywhere you get your podcast. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. Just search for Sports Day Tampa Bay. Hit the subscribe button. That way it downloads to your device every day, and that way you have it on your phone anytime you want to listen. And if you run a business and you want to reach lots of people every day, thousands of people every day, 
uh, consider being an advertiser on the show. You can contact us uh, at Sports Day TV on Twitter or Rick on email, rstroud at tampabay.com. Or you can call our, uh, sales manager Monica Boyer, real nice lady. Uh, you can call her directly at 813-957-0836. Hook us up and we'll hook you up. That sounds like a great idea. Um, appreciate you guys listening as always. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Tuesday, everybody.